0: History of Education in the Western World, by Jim Pang. The history of education has also been described as the history of civilization. Education has a role in perpetuating and passing on knowledge and values to the next generation. Therefore, it has a culturally specific connection, enculturation, as defined by the cultural historian. C. Dawson The education systems of the world are the product of centuries of changes through successive stages of transformation to the present systems. The story of formal education in the Western world begins with its roots in ancient Greece, based around the written word after the introduction of the alphabet. The word education has its roots in Latin, ex meaning out of and to seri meaning to lead. To lead, out of or guide out of. Latin educere in essence would mean to bring up or rear a child. Education in ancient Greece in the city of Athens during the 5th to 4th centuries BC, was aimed mainly at preparing young elite men for public life and taking part in the democratic process. It was still for the privileged, as only families wealthy enough could pay tuition fees to a private tutor. Students from citizen families could receive a basic education, preparing them for citizenship including oratory and ethics. Only male Athenian citizens were allowed to participate in the democracy while slaves, foreigners or women were not. Other Greek states such as Sparta, on the other hand, had a publicly funded education with its main focus on the martial arts rather than academic subjects. In Athens, if you wanted a physical, academic and arts education, these were covered into different schools. The pedo tribes covered gymnastics and general physical education. The kitharists, named after the kithara or lyre, covered music and lyric poetry. And the grammatists taught reading, writing and arithmetic as well as literature. Chaperoning these young boys to and from school was a slave known as a pedagogus, meaning literally child-leading. From this are derived the words pedagogue and pedagogy, even though the slave didn't actually do any teaching. After a basic education, they could go on to study higher education in the practical arts, such as medicine or architecture, or in philosophy. This is where famous philosophers such as Plato and Aristotle had their own schools. Plato's school was named after Academus, the Athenian hero and later known as Academia, from where we get the word academic. In Rome they continued in the same line as the Greeks with a strong emphasis on rhetoric and oratory which were necessary skills for taking part in Roman public life in their republican system. Sadly, physical education and music dropped out of the main curriculum, but one of the notable differences was that women were given a basic education. It was during this period that liberal arts education took place. In Latin, liberalis meant free So, a liberal education was an education for the free-born people. The notion of free is connected to the word school itself. As in Greek, school means leisure. Not that school was a leisurely pursuit, but for one to go to school, one had to have leisure time outside work. Education in Rome was divided into three levels. In level 1, boys and girls from about 7 to 11 years of age were taught by ludi magister, the schoolmaster, and covered the basics of reading, writing and arithmetic. At level 2, students aged 12 to 15 would be taught grammar and literature by a grammaticus. And the final, level 3, was accessible for boys over 16 who could move on to the Rhetor to learn rhetoric. Girls were not permitted, as there was no opportunity for public speaking. We have many educational words that come from Greek and Latin, and some from Germanic roots. The word teach comes from Old English, taken, and ultimately from the Proto-Indo-European root, dike, which means to show. This is also the root of the word dictionary, the Latin word dictionarius being coined in the 13th century by an Englishman, John of Garland, who taught in Paris and wanted to create a resource to help his students learn Latin vocabulary. Often in teaching, the teacher shows how to do the work. Work. An integral part of the pursuit of study is etymologically connected to the word student, meaning to be eager, to take pains, to strive after, from the Latin studere. Teaching is not without care and nurture, as we see in the word tutor, which developed into its educational sense, and comes from Latin tuere meaning to protect. Pupil is another word for student and is the diminutive form of pupus boy and pupa girl in Latin. In Latin, pupilla could also be used to mean doll from which we get pupil in the sense of the dark aperture in the eye because if you look in someone's eye you can sometimes see a little doll-like version of yourself reflected. The main word for student in Latin was discipulus, from where we get the word disciple. This word has its roots in the Latin word disere, meaning to learn, and has its source in the Proto-Indo-European root deik, meaning to take or accept and, curiously, is also where the Latin word "docere," meaning to teach, comes from, which gives the English word doctor the highest class of teacher in further education. During the Renaissance, ancient culture was rediscovered and referred to as the classical, implying it was better than the medieval period that followed and all the ancient texts were readopted and copied, leading to the 18th century, which is referred to as the neoclassical period. The notion of a classical education referred to education in the culture of the classical world rather than an attempt to repeat or replicate education from the ancient world. The emphasis is more on the Greek model with less focus on the theological education of the medieval period. Education of the early modern period involved classical languages like Latin and Greek as well as the natural sciences. In the medieval period, education was largely conducted by the church. Students could attend a monastic or cathedral school in order to become a member of the clergy or to become a scribe. As the values of society shifted, so too did the emphasis of education. Greek and Roman education on the other hand emphasized preparation for public life and citizenship. Medieval education focused on the next life after death. Physical exercise was out and textual study was definitely in. Students were taught reading and writing in Latin, not their own native language, and they would spend their time copying church writings. However, the basic subjects still came out of the ancient period in the form of the seven liberal arts, first codified in the 5th century by Martianus Capella, growing out of the Padia. The circle of arts and sciences considered by the Greeks as essential to a liberal education. Oxford English Dictionary. The seven liberal arts were made up of the trivium, grammar, rhetoric and logic, and quadrivium, arithmetic, geometry, music and astronomy. Our most well-known and most prestigious establishments of education, the universities, were born out of the Middle Ages as a result of the demand for education outside of the cathedral schools. In the 18th and 19th centuries, Frederick the Great of Prussia, during the Napoleonic Wars, outlined the Prussian model of education in The General and Skull Reglement, A Decree of 1763, authored by Johann Julius Hecker. This model is more popularly known as the factory model of education, where students are educated by age. Its conception was seen as modern and novel at the time with egalitarian views of education for the masses. This age-based cohort model of education still remains the basis for our modern-day education system around the world.